You're listening to the Sacco del Toro Fantasy Football Podcast, hosted by your favorite trader, Tyler Kendrick, and the one, the only, Kamish, Tyler Price. Enjoy listening. What is up, everybody? Week four is over. We're on to week five. We have Price, obviously, along with me, and a very special guest. We have Brian. What's up, boys? What is going on? It's exciting. How's it going, guys? Happy to have you here, Brian. Um, I know not everybody in the league is, you know, knows you in and out. So I figured we could start off with a little icebreaker and uh, ask you some questions. So uh, let everybody in the league get to know you a little better. Are you ready? Let's go. Let's oh, do yeah, it. Awesome. Sounds like my first day at work. <laughs> <laughs> All right. First question. What are your thoughts about Android users and green texters? <laughs> that sounds targeted. <laughs> Well, considering I was just in a group with you two, and I don't know who who that is in our group, I'm assuming that it's Kendrick <laughs> because uh, I got a, I got a reaction from uh, from the commish. So is that you, Kendrick? It is. is it, you're the Android. It is me. Superior <laughs> technology. Well, at least what type of phone do you use? I got the new Galaxy, whatever it is. That's respectable. At least it's not an LG. No, God. you remember those chocolates? Chocolates back in the day. Those were nice. Those were <laughs> I had one of those. Oh, I know. The three different colors. Those were great. Those <laughs> were the ghetto. Exactly. What else? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so my thoughts on uh, Android users: it's it's poor. I mean, every one of my family has an iPhone. Um, the people that I text the most in a group chat is probably all the boys from Boxborough. They all have iPhones, you know, you can get the reactions, things along those lines. Um, <laughs> it's not the best when you see the green text. No, I, would have to- I, I want to hear the reasoning though. Kendrick, why did you, uh, why are you on that train? I've always been, I've always had Androids and uh, everything's linked to my Gmail account. So I just don't yeah. feel like switching it over. Plus, I don't know. I just, I hate using iPhones to be honest. I, honestly, the best now that I'm an old man, the uh, I don't know if iPhones have it yet, but Androids have the sliding text where you can slide your finger over different letters and it knows what you're saying. <laughs> we, we finally just got there. That was in like one of the new okay. updates. But... So that is game changing. <laughs> I, I don't yeah. know how that, yeah. So I'm not leaving. You might be bad for both teams soon. Well, we'll see. Well, <laughs> all right. Hope that, that answers your question. Moral of that story is get a damn iPhone, Kendrick. Um, Fuck off. On to <laughs> the next question. I'd like to know, Brian, exactly which type of nerd you are. Out of these three, what do you prefer? Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, or Game of Thrones? Sorry. First thing that came to mind when you said, what type of nerd are you? I was thinking like nerds flavors, like the candy. And I'm, uh, I'm, standard, on, I'm standard on the grape strawberry. But uh, <laughs> outside of that, I'm big Star Wars. Uh, it's always been my thing for my family. Um, seeing all the movies, I, I don't think that'll ever change. Not that I don't like the others, but you just can't beat Star Wars. Must be in that. 
the Android thing because I don't like either, all three of them. That's just you. I thought all the nerds are the ones that use Androids, though. Like, you know, those are the people that like code on computers, etc. They love Star Wars. They love Lord of the Rings. That's iPhone. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, along those lines, what's a current TV show that you're watching that you would recommend to the boys in the league? <laughs> I'm such a creature of habit when it comes to TV. Um, like anytime I'm going to bed, it's Friends is on. Like that's what I fall asleep to. Friends. I've seen every episode. But uh, it, or it's Entourage. Entourage is just on repeat all the time. Okay, um, that's a good one. You gotta yeah. upgrade yourself to the office. <laughs> no, I I don't know. For some reason, the office just never took off with me. I mean, a fun story. Uh, Steve Carell's niece went to our high school. And I think Steve Carell also went to Acton Boxborough High School. Wow. Um, but for some reason, I just never, never got into the office. I'll watch it here and there, right? It's not that I don't like it. Just never really got into it. You should probably like, stop talking because Price might kick you out of the league. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It, it's, it's Go all ahead. You'll have a better uh, chance at winning. No, no. It's all good. I, I myself didn't even – to get around to the office until after college. I know Griffin would constantly put it on senior year and I was pretty indifferent about it. Um, but, you know, friends, very interesting. And then entourage is a favorite of, of Kendrick and I, when uh, he first moved out here, he had actually never seen it. And so we, oh, we binged man. the whole series when he got out here and it was especially perfect because obviously the show takes place in LA. And so, we're able to like go to specific scenes. There's the one scene where they go to the movie theater in the Valley where it's the, the, the hot flash and they have the rolling blackouts to go see Aquaman in the theater. Oh, yeah. And uh, the theater that they go to was actually right down the road from where we were living at the time. So we got to kind of go and check it out. It was pretty cool. When I lived in your, uh, I lived in his bedroom on a futon. Yeah. Those <laughs> glorious four months. He's <laughs> got Johnny drama over here. <laughs> yeah Rosha would always talk about too like some of the restaurants that they mentioned in there um, which is kind of funny too but yeah it's cool alright question three four awesome yeah so next question I got um, if you could only have one condiment for the rest of your life which one would it be ranch Thank you. I didn't think it was like a debate, but you know, we do have listeners like Roshan on here, so you know. Roshan doesn't like ketchup. Yeah, I think that's kind of messed up. Yeah, he, he, he's infatuated with ketchup and barbecue sauce, though. Don't get me wrong, I love barbecue sauce, but I mean, I, I don't think you can ever have enough ranch. Yeah. No, but he, he doesn't like ketchup. That's oh, insane. Yeah, no, that is. Blows that's, my mind. How do you not like ketchup? <laughs> I think I did know that. Is mayonnaise in there too? Does he not like mayonnaise? Oh yeah, mayonnaise. That's what about like a garlic aioli? I think you can get them on that, but mayonnaise, nah. <laughs> I'll tell you a quick story, not to take too much of a sidetrack, but I'll throw this one out for the boys. Um, back in, I guess it was high school when we were all working at a camp. Um, Bo doesn't like mayonnaise either. Uh, we were working at a camp and. Uh, we would go to this place called Eurasia Deli, sandwiches and stuff like that. 
I actually think it was Bo, I don't think it was Roshan, uh, ordered a uh, BLT, but obviously ordered it with no mayonnaise because he's not a fan. And they slathered the mayonnaise on that sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a joke to this day because, you know, BLT, no mayo, and it had the most mayo out of any sandwich I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> but yeah, they, no mayonnaise, no ketchup for those two. I don't know what's going on. That's amazing. I love to hear that answer. Um, so kind of uh, <laughs> along the lines of, of, of ranch here, what is your favorite pizza toppings to get on your pizza? And then what is your favorite all-time pizza spot? I mean, I'll answer the latter first. Sorrento's in, uh, in Acton. I don't know if any of you have ever been there. Um, Rocha may have pulled you out there when you're at Wheaton. Uh, but that's a no-brainer for me. As for toppings, I'm a big uh, buffalo chicken pizza. Uh, it's called Spicy Fingers at uh, Sorrento's. But if I'm getting pizza around where I am right now, where I can't get Sorrento's, uh, I'm a big Hawaiian pizza guy. I know that may be a little bit off the rocker. A little but... controversial here. <laughs> yeah, right? That's weird. Uh, I, I can't get on that with you. I like yeah, it. No, I, I, I'm no not going to lie. Here. If you throw some jalapenos on it, too. Uh, I mean, I'll never say no. My, my go-to is pepperoni, garlic, onions, extra sauce, extra cheese. I never ask for extra sauce or extra cheese. That's just a – it's not a request I ever think yeah, about. But same. I guess it depends on the pizza joint. Sometimes it's too cheesy if you get extra cheese. You know, it's just a grease ball on top. So yeah, I guess, You really got really to know the spot to know to make yep. those kind of modifications for sure yeah exactly it's got to be like a, a regular place that you go to not that you're trying a new place and ordering that extra sauce too true all right i got two <laughs> i got two questions left on the board on my side um, all right. the first one is if we use the time machine right now and allowed you to go back and repick your number one pick who would it be and why <laughs> I think I'd go back to uh, – I, I wouldn't even go back to a pick. I, it was a trade I was talking about. It was either with Greg or Garrett. I can't remember. Whoever has Alvin Kamara. Um, I think we were talking about Kamara and Metcalf for, uh, like, Stefan Diggs and uh, um, Barkley. <laughs> I, mean, I wish I had taken that, obviously, seeing <laughs> where the season goes. Yeah, I mean, Diggs and Metcalf are, are – um, I know. Diggs and Metcalf are on par, right? Like, I think they have the exact same receiving yards this year. Um, but obviously, I would have been in a better position with my running backs. And then, yeah, I would I'd rather have just drafted Alvin Kamara at this point. But, uh, yeah, I kind of got the shit end of the stick with my running backs so far this season, which we'll probably talk about a little bit later. Oh, but, oh we will get there. Oh, definitely. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. I'm working with scraps. It's okay. <laughs> so lastly, um, and, and you kind of already touched on this with Bo and the uh, BLT no mayo, but if there are any <laughs> other embarrassing high school stories or memories of Roshan, Bo, or Coop that you'd like to share, the floor is all yours. I'll share one, and then maybe we'll get to a couple later if we don't run out of time. <laughs> I'm sorry. One of my favorite ones is <laughs> – it's like a, it's a swan dive moment. Uh, we were at Roshan's house, and uh, I think we drank between the four of us. I think we were all there. 
uh, an entire bottle of Bacardi Dragonberry, oh and we mix it with Sprite. So, I mean, it's Hangover Central, oh, but, boy. I mean, even back in the day, it was Hangover Central. But I, I'm pretty sure we were in his backyard, and he had this one rock next to his pool that was maybe, like, three or four feet high. And at the time, I think we were – we might have been, like, freshmen in college. We were all about doing backflips, like, just doing backflips off of stuff. Um, trying to do them on the ground, stuff like that. And uh, Roshan had this brilliant idea to do it off of, or I think he was trying to do a front flip off the rock in his yard. <laughs> and we were all wasted. It was like the middle of the day. It was like two o'clock. We started drinking at 11. Bacardi Dragonberry and Sprite. Uh, this man tries to do a front flip off the rock, but straight up lands in a scorpion, like a swan dive Jeez. off the rock. <laughs> luckily you know we're not we weren't 30 years old i'm about to turn 30 and you know you wake up you sleep wrong you feel terrible uh he was okay after that but i can't even i can't even describe to you how funny it was because of how drunk we were but also just <laughs> the reaction on his face after he realized that he literally could have just broken his back um so <laughs> i guess it's kind of a scary story but i Maybe one of those you had to be there to see it uh, type of scenarios. But I'll save some more for maybe another time when I come on here. We got plenty of stories of the crew here in Bosboro. Awesome. I love to hear it. I was, <laughs> I was there to see Roshan in, in <laughs> true form. Um, awesome. Kendrick, do you have any uh, questions you wanted to hit Brian with? I got one for you. Uh, just keep it quick. You told us pre show that uh, you don't use your company laptop to jack off. What's your favorite yeah. jacking off? You uh, you broke up when you asked the question, unfortunately. Weird, so I'm going to have weird, to ask you to ask. Weirdo you. question. Weirdo. Well, you got to ask one. Right? <laughs> uh, Go for it. What's your favorite mode of video watching? Mode? Like what device? Yes. I mean, it's usually just my cell phone. It's just the most convenient. It's portable. It's in my hand. It can be wherever I want it to be. It's discreet, you know. It right. has to be discreet when you live with your significant other if you're going to do that. So she's probably listening to me outside the door, but it is what it is. Now she knows my secret. How about favorite, favorite genre? Uh, genre. I, I'm not a genre guy. No? I, actually, I just, you know, it is what it is. First come, first serve. Uh, if, if you see the, the in, intro pick and it suits the taste of the day, you go you go in on it, right? And if it doesn't if it doesn't suit the desire, then you move on to the next one. I love it is what it is. A la carte. <laughs> yeah, a la carte. That's the, best way, that's the best way to do it. There you go. Awesome. All right. Well, great to have you. <laughs> love the answers. Um, let's jump into these matchups. So first off, we got Drake up and squeaking out a victory against Killer on the Roof. Wow. What a win. Uh, what a need, needing a win, a must win. Um, man, I mean, Mixon came out nowhere, finally. Uh, kind of wish I uh, bought low on him. I don't know what it would have taken, but uh, what are your thoughts? Is this for me? <laughs> yeah, we're asking host. I I can go first. Right. And then I'll let first you guess. I would say, and I'm 
can I just go out here and say what I think the deciding factor on this matchup was just because it was so close? Yeah. I, I think it was the fact that Tennessee couldn't keep their shit together <laughs> on COVID caused a delay or an early bye week for them. Had uh, Cooper put Derrick Henry on his bench and slot in carry on Johnson, who I don't want any part of the Detroit backfield. I mean, that, that was a deciding factor. I think if Jerry, uh, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry was playing, I mean, I think that would have been a, a no brainer for him to win, but now I'm surprised he didn't grab DeAndre Swift. I feel like he had more upside over Carry on Johnson. Well, let's be real. Coop doesn't check the waiver wire until Sunday morning at <laughs> twelve thirty in the afternoon. So Very true. after he after he's consulted every single person in the league as to what he should do. Yeah, or Griff. <laughs> Ask him or Max, you know, like, hey, are you going to pick somebody up? <laughs> yeah. You ought to be worried by now, Kenyon Drake. I mean, what do you do, Brian? Uh, treat him to me so I can buy low on him. <laughs> are you still off on him? R- Roshan, I'm in need of a running back, so get at me. <laughs> no, I – frankly, I'm not, and I – you know, I have Kyler Murray, so Kenyon Drake is not on my watch list because I'd rather have Kyler Murray be running. Yeah. Um, but I also – I mean, Roshan has Chase Edmonds on his bench. I would rather start Chase Edmonds for the passing downs because you know that uh, Kyler Murray's going to run it. That's, that's my thought on that. Yeah, kind of just jump in there. Like, from my perspective, I think Edmonds has uh, honestly more value moving forward too, especially because – you look at the fact that Kenny Drake's playing on the franchise tag this year. There haven't been any rumblings of contract extension or negotiations going on. And you can't think that he's, you know, made the greatest case for himself moving forward. And so if Roshan is able to, to roster Chase Edmonds moving forward, who's still on his rookie deal, he could very easily become a potential uh, sleeper keeper candidate next season. I mean, I think we all – saw him as that pre-draft and we're all pissed that he grabbed him before we all could. Uh, That was a great pickup. And just to jump on his running backs, what's the outlook price are you seeing with Joshua Kelly? Do you think he's now the RB1? I'll jump in after you. I want to hear what you think first. Well, I I know you have, you know, a stake in that fight, so to to speak. Um, Picking up uh, Justin Jackson, which we'll talk about later. But to be honest, I I don't know how much this really affects Joshua Kelly's outlook. Um, I don't think that, you know, Justin Jackson, we've we've seen him in the so-called Melvin Gordon role earlier to start the year. And it only took, you know, what, a week and a half and no preseason for Joshua Kelly to win that job back. So Justin Kelly, uh, Justin Jackson, sorry really seems to figure into the passing game with me is that third down back. I'm going to get most of the passing work, but not the same as Austin Eckler, obviously. And to be honest, for me as a whole, the running back room takes a hit. You know, you've got Justin Herbert under center, who ideally would like to be able to lean on the run. But Joshua Kelly has proven that, you know, he hasn't been that efficient with his volume this year. And so I'm just concerned that it's going to end up being, uh, you know, a lot of the Chargers airing it out. 
Yeah, I, I think so too. And Joshua Kelly right now is only averaging 3.9 yards per carry. And if you look back to uh, last season, Jackson was averaging 4.7. So I think he's going to take over. Uh, you know, as that role, they're going to leave Joshua Kelly or Justin Jackson's going to take over the uh, Eckler role and leave Kelly as what he is. Uh, I don't know if they trust him to be an every down back. And I think that uh, Justin Jackson is just the fill in for Eckler and he's going to take all those, that, that role. Brian, what do you think? Well, here, sorry, just jumping in quick. Cause I was going to direct this at Brian, not taking into account second keeper. Who would you rather have moving forward? Josh Kelly or Justin or Justin Jackson? <sighs> I mean, I don't know. I probably Joshua Kelly, to be honest. Um, but then again, like this is all like this thinking is based around the fact that, you know, Eckler is not going to be around for, for much longer, or he's going to be on the IR, something along those lines. Right. I, I mean, I don't think Eckler is going to be on the IR, right. He should only be out a couple of weeks. So this conversation could be pretty irrelevant in a, in a in a couple of weeks, at least in my opinion, from what, from what I've read right now. Um, what, what did you say? Sorry, you broke up for a sec. They're saying four to six, uh, to which six. put him on IR for four weeks, but they haven't yet, which is kind of fucking up my roster. Cause I had to right. at some point, uh, but you would think they put him on the IR. If they don't, that's great news for uh, Eckler owners out there. But uh, not your fab budget, though. Not my fat. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it was, it was, we'll get into that later. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it's it, it didn't seem like a lot to me to spend, and I'm not going to start him this week. I'm still going to stick with David Montgomery uh, because I know what he is, and then I'll let it play out and see how it goes against. Uh, oh shit! Who are they playing? Tampa Bay. Uh, we'll have a great run defense, so it may not be the best um, uh, kind of base to weigh your options on. But um, no, they just the played Tampa Bay. Oh, we're yeah, playing sorry. New Orleans. We're in New Orleans. Oh, sorry, I was looking at the recap. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so well, yeah, I don't know. Same story I, there. New Orleans is is stout against the run. Yeah, so I, I I'll be interested to see who gets the pass catchers, uh, pass catching. But you know, I'm willing to see moving forward with how depleted the running backs are. Uh, I'll spend my money on it. But um, anything else on uh, Easy Drake? Uh, the the last thing I wanted to touch on, we we kind of mentioned it when we were talking about Kenyon Drake. I just wanted to hear your guys' thoughts. I floated out a Tyler Boyd for Kenyon Drake offer earlier today. Interested to hear your guys' thoughts. Tyler Boyd for Kenyon Drake. Roche is oh, decent man. in the running back in the running back category, right? Like, I mean, he's got yeah. both Arizona running backs, so he's got one or the other, right? I mean, you're offering it for Drake, but then he's also got both Cincinnati backs. Unless he changed his roster, I'm still looking at the recap from last week. I know he dropped Madison, but uh. I mean, having Mixon, he's also got David Johnson that he can slot in there in the running back position. Um, and he's pretty weak at wide receiver, at least I would say. Will, for, Will Fuller, you always got that 
lingering hamstring injury that comes up every season for like four games. I mean, every Cole season. Beasley then, yeah, Cole Beasley then is your number one wideout. And then you got Godwin. I mean, he's got a hamstring in- injury that could, you know, continue to be a problem the whole season. And then you're banking on Cole Beasley to to be your main wide receiver for the whole season. I would have considered something like that, but you gave me a good idea and that I got a lot of wide receivers. So maybe I can so, try to so get my, money back on <laughs> My question on that is, I think uh, Kenyon Drake has a higher ceiling, but David Johnson has a higher floor. So would you go, are you going for upside? Or are you going for get me through these weeks with the David Johnson? What do you mean? Sorry. So you're asking, do you want, do you value the ceiling of Drake over the floor, the floor of David Johnson? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, with, so from my perspective, looking at it, obviously I'm just looking to buy another running back. And if I'm looking to take kind of a, a lotto here on another running back, I'd, I'd prefer the ceiling of, of Kenyon Drake, but I also know the volatility that he's seen with Drake. And that's kind of why I offered him the, that offer because I know when you have somebody like David Johnson, you can count on for a solid at, at least eight points, you would think, um, you know, that, that has value in and of itself. Okay. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Um, all right, let's move on to killer on the roof. Uh, I mean, do you think Tennessee is going to play this week? No. No. Corey Davis just tested positive <laughs> today. So I really don't. Yeah, I don't I, I don't really either. I mean, especially because this is they were supposed to stop having negative tests. The incubation period is like four or five days, so they shouldn't have had any positive tests. And then when you hear these shenanigans that they met mm-hmm. for individual not individual, but like team workouts outside of the facility, like it just, you know, gives you pause and I don't know how you could be Coop and, you know, think that Derrick Henry is going to play for you this next week. Um, You almost have to plan as if they're not going to be there, I think. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I agree, too. It it sucks uh, having to deal with a two-week bye, basically, especially with your best player. Uh, All he can do is just hope to God that uh, he can squeak by with a victory and then get back on track. I mean, Well, here's the thing also is that, like, so they've already now had their buy. Like, what are the NFL's options moving forward? I mean, I don't think I've ever seen "quote unquote" forfeit. So no, they you can't I, have two buys. Like they have to forfeit. Here. <laughs> Go ahead. I can tell you. No, they. Um, I read an article that they mentioned adding an additional week to the NFL season. So essentially, at least the way I'm reading it they would be able to have two buys, right? So you get 18 weeks in the season to play 16 games. So however they can make that happen, they'll make that happen. So I've read that. I don't know if it's confirmed, but it's been an option. And I think it would be something that would be even further on the table if, you know, Tennessee is unable to play this week. So, Or if we see an outbreak in another another team. Right, because it's it's not going to be the only time it happens. No, but you got to think that if there's going to be a team that just has to forfeit, it would be the Titans because they broke protocol. And yep. the NFL might just want to say, hey, look, at like, we gave you, – you fucked up. Uh, you're going to have to just take the L on this one. Uh, I mean, there was that report that just came out before the podcast that uh, reports are the – 
the it's going to be serious, whatever they hand down to them. And you got to think that that's definitely a possibility that they're just going to say, all right, you get the forfeit um, and move on to next week. But, I mean, either way, it doesn't really help because if they're adding a week on at the end of the season, uh, he might already be out of the playoffs. Yeah. All true. I think the the point here is really all options are on the table and we kind of just have to adjust on the fly like we've been doing. Um, and, and hopefully this will give us some clarity and, and set a precedent for how it's going to be moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll just, we'll see how it goes. Um, why is carry on Johnson still on this freaking roster? Would you have dropped him by now? What are your thoughts, Brian? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> earlier on in the season, <laughs> early on in the season, I had the better option in the backfield, I think. Uh, and I still dropped him. I just, I, you know, you got, know you, you, got a, you got a three person committee. Um, you know, it's similar to how the Patriots run their offense, except their running backs make more production out of the carries that they get. I just, he looked good, like a good option last year. He looked like a good option at the beginning of this year. Just continue to disappoint week after week. So, I mean, 2.2 points, projected 5.5. I mean, he was put in a tough situation with Derrick Henry. He didn't have any other options, really. Um, so, you know, you do what you need to do. It's not like, it's not like running backs are running wild on our waiver wire. Um, no. So I understand why he put him in there. But, yeah, it's there's there are some better options than carry on Johnson, in my opinion. I mean, it's a yeah, flyer. Go ahead, Price. Yeah, I was just going to say um... – I think that he's definitely droppable. Like if you look at the rosters, but like Brian said, it's not like there's anybody on the, on the waiver wire that you're screaming to you. Oh, Hey, come pick me up. I have a role already. So I I would say devil's advocate here is if something happens to AP, if something happens to Deandre Swift, then there's, you know, one less person in that crowded backfield. And so really, I guess the only real defense I would say he has to, to roster and carry on would be kind of that insurance policy, which the way running backs have been and going down like flies, I don't know if we can really, you know, say it's the wrong move. It's not the best move. We'll go with that. Um, Freaking George Kittle, 40 points. I mean, I, I don't I can't remember the last time I had a tight end. I can just set it and forget it. And I'm really jealous. And I, yeah, every time I draft, I just can't get myself to draft someone that uh, high up. I don't know. Uh, Price, you always grab flyers on tight ends. Do you feel the same pain that I do looking at George Kittle's score right now? Yeah, I mean, I, and I know Brian can feel this pain too as somebody else who also has taken Rob Gronkowski with one of the top <laughs> uh, first two round picks. Um, once you're burned like that, it's it's really tough to go back to the well. I think there are some instances like a Kelsey um, and and a Kittle in this instance where you know paying up for that top um, player can, can you know reap benefits for you. Um, I had mentioned last week on the pod that Travis Kelsey would have been like wide receiver seven or eight if he was in, included in the wide receiver ranking. So. There are unique instances where, you know, this this type of strategy can pay off. And, you know, it, it's definitely looking like it is here for, for Coop. I mean, there are obviously the injury concerns with Kittle, and we don't know if that was going to pop up again, you know, MCL sprains. 
Um, but as long as Kittle is healthy moving forward, I don't think it really matters who's under center because they're going to be targeting him 10 to 15 times a game. Yeah, I mean, he's just a beast, and there's not much you can do about it. Uh, real quick, uh, Robbie Anderson, what a steal, 10th round. I, I don't think any of us saw this coming, uh, but he's just producing. Maybe it's just being a Jets in the Jets just does uh, that much to destroy your uh, career. I don't know. I uh, The fact that there's no bust to go with it, you know, I mean, we're talking about a guy who has notoriously been a boomer bust, deep threat kind of guy, and he's showing that he has the skills to be involved in that intermediate passing game. And with the attention that DJ Moore gets from the top corners, he's just kind of feasting on that other guy. And, I mean, you look at it, his lowest performance of the year is a five – catches for 55 yards against the Chargers who have one of the better secondaries before Chris Harris Jr. went down. So you're looking at a guy who notoriously hasn't been very consistent and he's being extremely consistent, providing you double digits all four weeks and having a couple, you know, fringe wide receiver one starts and and a clear cut wide receiver one finish. So uh, getting him in the 10th round, I mean, one of the biggest steals, especially in the wide receiver class of the year, I think. Brian, do you sell high on Robbie Anderson right now? Or do you keep him and roll with it? I mean, his production has been pretty consistent. I think I just continue to roll with it. Um, I mean, he he could look to shop him for a decent running back, which may be a play, um, just given his, his roster and what's going on with Derrick Henry. But, I mean, when you have Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs in your lineup, and then you're, you're rolling with Robbie Anderson. You're not going to do wide receiver, wide receiver for a trade there. So I think you just roll with him. Yeah, I, I would just roll with it. Uh, you know what you're going to get, and the floor seems to be stabilizing. Uh, one more thing. What's he going to do with a uh, for the wide receiver three? I mean, he's got the two tight ends. Uh, Jarvis Landry, I – he had a good week, but I don't know. I just don't feel comfortable with him right now. It's been kind of a bust lately. Uh, Golden Tate uh, got his helmet wrong, and uh, he just doesn't look the same anymore. Hardman is such a fly- – uh, he's like a Will Fuller, uh, a diet yeah. Will Fuller, <laughs> ultimate boomer. Uh, I don't know. what. what do you try to, try to maybe package them, or do you just trust one or two of them? Ryan. He could definitely go for go for a package deal for the two of them, for someone who's short at wide receiver um, to get a stud to put in your lineup. But I think Landry, Tate, and Hardman each individually hold enough value on a week-to-week basis that, you know, you just got to look at the matchups. Um, you know, what defense are they going to gut? And then who do you put in on a week-by-week basis? I mean, they're all like – decent options you know they're not going to put up a zero for the most part they'll put up you know golden tape put up six landry put up 16.8 so i mean if you make the right choice on a week-by-week basis even putting Hartman in last week um as opposed to i don't know tyler lockett i mean you're not going to make that move but um you know he has a decent shot each week with each of those options that he may be able to put in yeah, but you always have to deal with that heartbreak of looking at your bench and saying, why didn't I start this guy? And apparently Coop has done that three times because Roshan has improved his record to 3-0 against Coop. Uh, so on his way to a beat down there, 
Uh, all right, moving on to Slaytanic Rituals and Jew Judge Judy, which I pray to God change your name because <laughs> I hate to say it. No, it's a it's a great name. It's just so hard to say. That's the thing. It's just such a it's so creative, but your mind automatically thinks juju, and it's like I'm finishing the sentence, but no, I got to continue it and enunciate the judge at the end. I know exactly. I always so just say, the I always just kind of say it like judge Judy, like you're stuttering. I tried. Okay, I like. That. I tried to have a picture of Adam Sandler, um, you know, with the t -t -t today junior, but I just couldn't find one that <laughs> that matched. Um, so that may have made it uh, have a little bit more context, but. I like to continue to listen to you struggle through that every single week. I, I look forward to it. So I'll just keep it the way it is. So I'm guessing you were stuttering fuck, fuck, fuck when you watched Nick Chubb last week, huh? <laughs> That's a good lead in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> clearly, clearly I was thinking that, right? I mean, I got my keeper who's been great value over the past couple of years. Um, you know, I thought I had a great pick in uh, Barkley. I thought I was going to be set for the year with two stud running backs, both probably fighting for the rushing title. Uh, instead, I'm playing two waiver wire pickups in my starting running back position. So I got pretty lucky on the first week dropping uh, Chris Thompson to pick up Robinson. I mean, I did that before the season even started. So, that, I mean, that was all luck. But I also know that Chris Thompson isn't an every down back. Um, so there was a little strategy yeah. behind it. But uh, – but yeah, I was definitely stuttering through the through the week. Luckily, I got the win. Very sure, and you uh, you kind of need it now that uh, you're going to be a little running back light. Um, what are you going to do? I don't know, man. I mean, my my whole roster is up for sale. I mean, the the options there to sell a, a quarterback. So. I mean, I think you talked about early on in the season about, you know, Joe Burrow being a potential option for a second keeper. Um, that does provide some extra value. I don't know how much people are buying into that, but, you know, more than happy to consider that for a trade. I also don't mind putting up Kyler Murray, right? I mean, I, I have a problem at running back. There's no hiding behind it. Um, I'm just hoping Devontae Freeman actually busts through this week a little bit, but he's a little aged or a little faded, so I can't really bank on that. So we'll see what happens. Oof. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel your pain because I'm dealing with the same thing. Uh, luckily, I haven't lost my Saquon with Zeke yet, although he's looked like shit last week. Um, you gotta, you gotta think about me. Yeah, I would definitely sell one of your quarterbacks. Uh, they both look good. You got the keeper elevating uh, the value of Joe. Yeah. So you got to maybe consider that just to get you through this hard time. And then, I mean, do you have anyone else that's uh, eligible for that? For the rookie keeper? What, to be traded? A rookie keeper? No, I don't. Um, no. And I'm okay with giving that up to, you know, have a competitive season opposed to that. But um, you also got to be forward thinking, right? So if I can – if I can make it through the next couple of weeks, I mean, I'm not in a bad, bad spot in the league. Right. I think I'm You're right everyone else, right. We're all in the mix. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not the only person that has a running back problem. You know, it's, it's, it's throughout the league. Um, 
I think my my wide receivers when they're all playing um, give me a little bit of an advantage with Juju, Galladay, and Diggs. Um, so I mean that could carry me through weeks. Yeah, and and Judy right. Um, but I mean he only had two catches last week. Luckily one was a ridiculous touchdown. If he didn't have that catch, it would have been a thud week. So um, it is what it is. But yeah, I I I'm I'm considering just waiting it out if i get a win this week i'll feel a little bit better which i don't think is going to happen but uh yeah (laughs) clearly a running back problem yeah and as you mentioned you're not the only person with a running back problem and so i think you know preaching patience is kind of the move here Mm -hmm. um you know james robinson who we mentioned earlier i think is probably the 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 lead candidate for the, the shane falco award this year which is awarded to the best waiver wire pickup and the fact that you got him basically week one and, and have rided his, you know, essentially RB one uh, production, you know, bodes well for that moving forward. So you do have a solid running back. I mean, there are guys out there who, who don't necessarily have a set it and forget it, you know, 16 plus projection kind of guy. So I, I really don't, think that you're in a position that you need to make moves, as you said, especially considering the status of the rest of the league um, and and your strength at wide receiver. You know, um, at the end of the day, you only need to start two running backs. So if, if you can find any type of production from Devontae Freeman or I also wanted to note that I believe you are the only owner. Oh, no, you have spent a little bit of your fab budget, but you are in the top two or three in terms of budget left moving forward. And considering that's basically the only avenue to get a running back, I think that that bodes well for you too. Yeah, I I ended up buying back the the kicker that I dropped after the week one. (laughs) (laughs) I I had to pick up a kicker, and he's been playing well. And, of course, I pick up someone with Tennessee. I make an emotional decision, and they're probably not even going to play. So I probably just wasted that money. But – it's, it's it's all good. Well, at least you got the W. Um, Poor Griff, though. But you obviously, <laughs> I know he. I I, I feel for him. I mean, I'm I'm complaining, but uh, he's in the same boat. He really is. I mean, if not worse. Uh, at least that's that's my kind of feeling on it. So I mean, Griff. Who, who that well, Griff, I feel you. <laughs> Oh yeah, Griff. Yeah, that- uh, he's got the best fantasy player coming back, yep. so I don't feel too bad because he has the potential to then fly back up the the standings and get back in there. Uh, yep. So I, I mean, maybe sell one of your running backs when he gets back to get a little more depth yeah. uh, at wide receiver. I mean, Lindsey's coming back too. So you don't know how that's going to affect uh, Melvin Gordon, right? Um, Henderson kind of had a dud week. um, So that causes a little bit of concern there. Zach Moss is clearly back up to Singletary right now um, with him being healthy and playing really well. So, I mean, if you're thinking about it that way, you get Christian McCaffrey back, but at the same time, all the rest of your running backs are kind of like, Coop situation with his wide receivers, like who do you play on a week by week basis? So at least that's my thought on it. Yeah, I mean, 
he just needs to, I think, I mean, you have Julio, who's so inconsistent right now. Uh, Devontae's been a stud. Uh, I don't know why no one trusts him in our league. He always ends up falling every year and always ends up being a solid wide receiver two or three. Uh, mm-hmm. But you got, I mean, Edelman had a bad game. I think that'll be better once uh, Cam gets back. Uh you can't trust Slayton. I, I trusted him and daily and it kicked my ass. Uh, so that's why I wonder, because Traquan Smith is going to fall again when Michael comes back. Uh, so I would try to, you know, if Gordon stays consistent uh, or if Henderson has a good week, maybe try to sell high, uh, get like a solid wide receiver to high wide receiver two. I mean, people are going to spend for a running back, a starting running back. So I would take advantage of that right now, knowing you have uh, the best running back in the league coming back. Uh, what, next week or the week after? I think it's two so, more weeks, yeah. Yeah, so and I would that, try to – That's on the short end of the timeline too. Yeah. You know, this will be the third game that he misses, and they gave him a four-to-six four to six week initial time period. and. You remember Saquon and Barkley's injury last year was the same thing, essentially a high ankle sprain, and you saw him come back early and be wildly inefficient when he came back. Uh, you know, Carolina surprisingly has been doing well without him actually winning games. So I, I don't think that they're going to risk it with their, you know, newly extended, uh, what, $80 million man. I, I honestly yeah. don't know what his contract is, but – with the type of money that they invested into him, I think that they would err on the side of caution. Uh, one more thing on this. Do you trust that person anymore? I mean, that was a high price to pay for someone in probably the worst offense, as I know personally, uh, owning Wentz for a couple weeks. Do you just try to move on? I mean, there's so many good tight ends this year. I made that mistake last year with Ertz. And I fell victim to Goddard, Dallas Goddard, right? And that's why you saw me not take a tight end. We talked about this earlier with my tight end situation with Gronk in previous years. And then um, Ertz last year, you know, I'm not going to make that mistake again. So I still have the same opinion. I mean, I've been, I've been bitten by Ertz before. So, yeah, not a huge fan, but he's still a stud. It's just, it's just tough with uh, that Eagles offense. Yeah, I think you have to wonder if the contract negotiation is, you know, somewhat weighing on it. We're talking about a guy who's, you know, basically in a lame duck season looking for for his next contract, and he's playing alongside his, you know, quote-unquote replacement. And so with that said, though, I do think that obviously the, the broken ankle that, that Goddard suffered, you know, could potentially help Hurts. Um, but, you know, they do have Alshon Jeffrey if he ever decides to step on a field again. Um, I, I really think that it's just the Miles Sanders show in Philadelphia. And if you don't own him, then you're just kind of hoping that you can get double digit production from anybody. But I still say that Zach Ertz is probably the, uh, the second guy that you want in that offense. Let me, uh, Brian, let me ask you this. Would you trade Jerry, uh, Judy for Melvin Gordon? Then I have to change my team name. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, right. I offered it. Um, no, I, 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 I don't 
think so. The Lindsay thing concerns me, to be honest. And uh, also, I, I kind of have to bank on my wide receivers. and I just don't want to take that risk on someone like Melvin Gordon right now. Do you – how do you rank your three top wideouts? So Galladay, Judy, and Diggs. Uh, I would say Stefan Diggs, Kenny Galladay, and then Juju. I mean, Ben loves to sling it. They have plenty of options there. Kenny Galladay is 100% the number one there, and then same with Stefan Diggs. I mean, Stefan Diggs is leading the league in receiving right now. I know. It's fucking yeah. crazy. Um, do you like Henderson more? No. All right. How about this? Would you trade <laughs> Stefan Diggs for McCaffrey? And take that risk on the IR? Probably not, because then I got Nick Chubb coming back in, you know, a week or two after that. Hopefully, right? We yeah, but think about it. Two, at the middle of the season, you have CMC and Nick Chubb as your two running backs. I just got to get wins before that, man. If I'm two and six going into that, it's a long haul to try to get up there. So, you know, it's I, I can't be planning for the future right now. I got to plan for today. Yeah, I think Max is sure, probably well, the only GM in our league that could realistically look to trade for CMC right now. Yeah, yeah, he, and that would be scary to see that on his roster. Um, we, we know Griffin's not letting him go, so. I know. Um, so, real quick, you improve your record to 8-2 and two over Griffin. It is officially a beatdown. So, fuck yeah. Talk to Griff right now. <laughs> Griff, I'm going to have to tell you this. Just win a couple more games, man. I'm feeling for you. I'm feeling for you. That's like the worst shit talking I've ever heard. <laughs> I don't want to shit talk. No, but it's my God. God. I'm feeling sorry for I, it. I don't want to call him out for it because I'm dealing with the same problem right now. So I'll just leave it at that. We all are. What's that? We all are. Everyone's. <laughs> okay. I, I'm going to be nice to Griff right now. I, I don't want to shit talk. You're welcome, Griff. Uh, well, let's move on. Uh, you don't deserve it, Griff. <laughs> Token white guys for Mike and the boys. Uh, I mean, token white guys. Max, you dick. 4-0. Just sitting up there. I mean, Josh Allen's got to be the steal of the draft right now. And I'm pissed because, again, I bring this up every week. I was staring at him and Wentz, and I went Wentz. Uh, I don't know how he's going <laughs> to. I said, yikes. I know. Yeah, that's on you. That is on you 100%. (laughs) When? Yeah, I'm not happy. They weren't even in the same tier, let alone anywhere near each other. So Wentz over Allen, even knowing what we know now, not knowing it, is still indefensible. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not happy about it. (laughs) I freaked out. I got nervous. I went for the pocket passer. Um. Oh, in fantasy football, you mean you went for the quarterback who can't run. Real smart. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot. Let's, let's add it on. Uh, I mean, even when he starts two running backs in the same team, they dominate. It's just, how do you, how do you stop this? It's ridiculous. I mean, we might get lucky, and uh, the Buffalo game might not play next week. And I have, to, I have him next week or this week. So, fucking terrific. 
Uh, I don't know, man. He just seems like a beast right now. And I, I mean, moving forward, I guess he has some issues running back wise, but it's not, it doesn't seem to phase him. I mean, he snuck out with Justin Jefferson. What a pickup. He's just making all the right moves right now. And it's, I hate it. I hate it so much. See, I, I, I kind of like it. I think it's, it's, it's refreshing to see that, you know, somebody is, is doing really well. I kind of equate the start of this season to the year that we had, I think it was 2018 or 2017. The year that you had like one guy at eight and five and the rest of the league was all either seven and six or six and seven. Um, it kind of feels like we're headed in that direction this year where, you know, there could be three playoff spots up for grabs in the last two or three years. Um, I, I definitely think that Max is well on his way to securing his, his fifth playoff appearance and hopefully winning his first playoff, career playoff game. Yes, I'm going to continue <laughs> to bring that up every week, Max. <laughs> oh, and six in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, kind of like what you talk about, you go through his lineup and he doesn't have any weak points. Even when you look at his bench or his quote unquote, not as good starters. I mean, I'd say his, his worst player is probably Emmanuel Sanders. And you're still talking about somebody who can provide, you know, spot value, uh, when you need it. And I mean, Jamal Williams, he was proved to be a capable running back three last year with Aaron Jones running for a league leading 18 rushing touchdowns. So with the way that Aaron Rodgers is cooking right now, I, I mean, I think that it's viable to have two running backs there. And, I mean, his wide receiver core, I mean, he didn't even have Devontae Adams. He has DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, the only thing that I think we can look at as, you know, opposing GMs and feel some type of, you know, hope moving forward is, you know, I don't think that James White is the same James White that we've seen the last two or three years. I don't think that his uh, consistency will be quite the same. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see how, how that is with the Patriots offense moving forward. And they're kind of just constant carousel and rotation of running backs that they have. And then you have to look at Mike Davis this is a guy that's given him 20 points the last couple of weeks and been an easy kind of slot it, slot it, set it and forget it running back that he's now going to lose, you know? So I, I think that those are kind of the two points that, we, you know, we can look at across the league. And then obviously the injury concerns with AJ Brown. Yeah, and you're going to have to – you know, that's going to be his biggest decision is who's his running back to. Uh, I, I can't imagine going into the postseason with RB1, RB2 on the same team. I, I just – I don't think that's going to get it done. Even if it's uh, an offense that's putting up a league leading like 40 points a game? It can't be sustainable, can it? I mean, if that was the case – Do you, do I mean, you that's not believe in Aaron Rodgers? I do, but I don't know. I don't know, man. I just don't. I'm on Team Kendrick here. I, I, yeah. I can't see Jones and Williams putting up enough points to just be your two running backs every game. But, I mean, his wide receiver scenario is just so good that you can, you can swallow a, a, even a dud off of one of those, right? I mean, what did he win? 164 to 114. Granted, it was against Greg, but I mean, 164 points <laughs> would only lose to Bo. Uh, or sorry, yeah, and uh, two Garrett. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Garrett. Garrett. Yeah. <laughs> not, you're not used to talking about you in a positive light, Garrett, you know? I know. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's what we have to look forward to is, you know, what's he going to do? And then, uh, you know, he's he might be unlucky this week uh, with the COVID situation. So it might open up a chance for me to take uh, take the victory, but we'll see. Um, Greg, man, I actually do feel sorry for you. Uh, you should have taken, taken the trade, David Montgomery, for AJ Green. I'm just saying it. I'm going to bring mean, it up every week. Where, where does that even put him at this point? It's not like David Montgomery is out there putting up RB2, RB1 numbers. You're still talking about a fringe running back. Um, granted, it give you better production than what AJ Green is given, but I mean, it seems like, with the exception of Kelsey, he's basically had the worst case scenario happen for every single player he drafted. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> just looking at it, I do this every week. I look at his roster, and I'm just like, man, what happened? I thought Logan Thomas was going to be a good pickup. That didn't work out. <laughs> uh, Brian, talk to us. What do you think? I mean, it's just tough. I mean, you get AJ Green. You know, when did he draft him? Sixth round. Um, you thought you'd get a little bit more production out of him. He's got the targets, right? I mean, he got. He's, he's just not. He, he's the TYL. Yeah, uh, yeah he's doing that. nothing with it. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's some sort of rapport with Joe B. I mean, T. Higgins looks to be doing well there. That was a good waiver wire pickup this week. Um, Tyler Boyd, right? AJ Green seems to be kind of on the back burner to those guys. So. That's just that's a tough pick in my eyes. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent with Brian. Okay. I was going to say I think that T. Higgins has kind of supplanted AJ yeah. Green in that role as as the as the second favorite target. I think it's pretty clear that Burrow likes going to Boyd with the targets he's getting, but I really think that that Higgins and Burrow have demonstrated a chem, an on field chemistry that we just haven't seen with him and AJ. Which is surprising to you think that a rookie quarterback would go to the veteran wideout and say, look at what kind of like what happened in, uh, in LA, you know, going to Keenan Allen, like what, how can I get you the ball? Like, tell me what to do. Uh, And it's just not happening. I, Uh, do you try to sell Michael Thomas for death? He's not helping you right now. (sighs) (laughs) I'd throw a lot of secrets. I would throw a wide receiver, too, and RB2 at him. I mean, the only thing I can really think of is because we always talk about all the fun that it is with trading, but it takes two to tango, and you need to find somebody else who's willing to give you something back that you feel is, you know, going to help you moving forward. And I think the only real roster that we've gone over so far that kind of stands out is, is Roshan with his, you know, staple of running backs that he has. So. Let me ask you guys this. Would you do something along the lines of Joe Mixon and Will Fuller for Michael Thomas? I'd want more on the wide receiver end. As opposed to, like, in addition. Uh, He doesn't have it. He doesn't have it. That's kind of the hard thing. I wouldn't throw Mixon out there. I'd put someone else. Um, Mixon's kind of – I mean, he had a breakout game. Right, but he he seems to be maybe a staple going forward for Roshan, and he has some other options outside of that. I mean, he has two Arizona running backs. Maybe try one of those in a wide receiver. 
Uh, I think that's uh, a better approach, but Michael Thomas does warrant a pretty hefty pay tag for him. Yeah. So, I mean, my, my initial kind of thing I'm thinking too is like, what about something along the lines of like, say you add in, you know, Kenyon Drake and David Johnson and, you know, you throw in Will Fuller and then you send back Michael Thomas and, you know, J.K. Dobbins or Mark Ingram. Is that something you'd be interested in? Maybe. Mm. <laughs> I'd take the flyer on Le'Veon, to be honest. Well, so that's and kind of the other part of the conversation that we haven't really talked about, the elephant in the room. Le'Veon Bell yep. did practice, so worst case, he's going to miss one more week, and that's worst case. So you're talking about somebody that's going to come in and give you – I mean – He's the second best player on his roster, so he's immediately going to slot in and and provide his his lineup with a little bit of stability and a little bit of a floor. At mm-hmm. least. Is it though? I mean, last year showed that he's just not the same in this think... offense. And unless they have a, a coaching change, I don't know if I trust it. I mean, I'll take the flyer if the price is right. I mean, do you trust that yeah. more than Jarek McKinnon running alongside? Raheem Mostert. The Jets are going to be down. Like the, this, these are the options we're talking about, you know. McKinnon's going to have the higher, uh, higher ceiling. I just don't know what Le'Veon's floor is. Yeah, I disagree because I think Le'Veon, he's he's the goal line back. He's yeah. the receiving back. Um, sure, like sure, Gore is going to steal every now and again those like one two yard garbage ones. I just personally think with McKinnon, you're counting on you know, seven to 10 touches being really valuable with where with Le'Veon, you're basically 15 touches in the bank and with the potential to go even higher, depending on how the game script goes. I'll chime in here a little bit. The Jets are going to be down in every single game, which is just going to open up more opportunity for Le'Veon Bell to get catches or a PPR league. Right. I mean, that's, that's going to be more effective than just carrying the ball 20 times for the most part, but he's a star of the show if he's healthy, right? The Jets don't really have any other uh, shining stars on their roster for the most part, if he's healthy, right? So Yeah, exactly. Yeah, along those lines, they had Jamison Crowder, and when he's healthy, what do they do? They get him seven right. touches at 100 yards. So there's just nobody else in the yeah, offense. They put the ball the where team. they're healthy and where they think they can get some yardage, right? They're, they're, they got to <laughs> score points and they got to get yards, so – Le'Veon Bell, when he comes back, I think he's going to do fairly well. But he's just got to stay healthy. I don't know. I, I think uh, you got to watch out for the ageless three-legged wonder, Frank Gore. He is ageless. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm, a, I'm really excited to see what, what Greg's team can put up this week because it's the first real week that he's had his best player. And then the fact that he might get his second best player – and. He has done some a decent job along the way of picking up some really valuable running backs. I mean, Jarek McKinnon, however long that lasts, that's still value. And then the Miles Gaskin pickup, I mean, that's it could potential to have be a Shane Falco nominee at the end of the year too. So he's playing easy Drake oven. And so I really think that there's a chance here that, that Greg could sneak out his first win this week. You're getting called out, Rush. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh... So, uh, 
Max actually closed the gap uh, between Greg and him. Uh, it's now four to five all time against Greg. So maybe in the playoffs, or I don't know if they match up again this week or this year, but he's got a chance to tie it up uh, five five and uh, get going. So we got weekly awards and stats now. Exciting time. I wish that I could create a, a sound effect for it, but I don't have that capability yet. Uh, Maybe when we get off the free podcast <laughs> platform, we can work that in. Baby steps. <laughs> Baby steps. Brian, do you want to lead us on this? Um, so, lo- lowest scoring week this season, that's average, right, Price? Uh, 135.62 points yeah, for, per game. Yeah, I mean, kind of makes sense. You know, you got the weird bye week. You got people trying to slot some people in um, that they wouldn't normally play week four, right? Week four is not normally a bye week. Um, but, but yeah, definitely a low-scoring week. My matchup with Griff was pretty pathetic. Definitely the most pathetic matchup on the board. <laughs> uh, so we didn't help that average, clearly. But, uh, but yeah, something to note. Um, Garrett wins his first ever offensive player of the week award um career high of 185.6 points we've seen a couple weeks over 200 right this is this is 12th all time Uh, i have to check for sure yeah Yeah, 12th all time i think we have two i'm pretty sure we have two 200 point performances with our rosters that's pretty impressive but uh 185 is definitely a good week. Uh, riding out on the shoulders of Poop Man. Um, <laughs> and anyway, uh, it's a higher score than four other GMs have ever put up. Um, so definitely an impressive stat line for this week. Um, the only person to not win this award is Cooper. Uh, he may have had a shot at this if he didn't take a couple no. years off of fantasy doing God knows what during football season. <laughs> um, uh, maybe if he had stayed those couple of years, he would have uh, put that up. But Coop, you're still left in the dust by the rest of the league. Um, looks like Greg wins his first defensive player of the week award. 12 points from the Rams defense. That's pretty sad, I guess, to win that award. Actually, it looks like it's the lowest scoring defensive player of the week performance to ever win the award. So. Congrats to you, Greg. Um, just goes along with your uh, impressive – actually, sorry. For me, I get Greg and Garrett confused because I don't know the either – don't know either of you. Um, so, so I apologize if I, if I uh, mix that up. But, Greg, looks like it's uh, a good week for you for 12 points to win that award. Um, Coop and Bo are the only GMs left to never win this award. Um, let's see what else here. So Bo won his third career beast award behind Dak Prescott. What a week for the Cowboys, huh? Uh, at least for Dak <laughs> with 43 points, but yeah. what a terrible week in the end for the Cowboys. So that's a, a crushing loss, but at least Bo <laughs> reaped the benefits of 43 points out of Dak throwing the ball. Um, let's see. Bo is fourth all time for most beast awards. I'm I'm actually surprised about that. I, f- I feel like Bo usually puts nice. up a pretty good roster year over year. I don't know if you have those uh, 
numerics in front of you, Tyler, but I feel like he's always in the playoffs. He's always got a pretty good competitive roster. So I'm surprised he's not higher on the ranks for that, to be honest. Um, for the, for the yeah. Beast Award? Yeah, yeah, the Beast Award is always a, a little bit hey. iffy, too, because you get guys here and there who will be on a losing, on a yep. losing matchup, you know? Um, so the Beast isn't always the most reflective of, of, you know, your success, but I was a little bit surprised, too, to see how few awards that Bo has actually won, considering... Yeah, I agree. He, he always it, – it's not the flashiest team every year, but it gets the job done for the most part. I, I think he's won twice, right? So, Yeah, yeah back-to-back and was 0. 0.3 points away from – Yeah, Price, why don't you ever send him the trophy? What's going on there? Uh, <laughs> Greg can have a word with that, too, because the trophy's still sitting on my damn uh, – All right, well – he says it's actually <laughs> under his covers. You can't keep that all for yourself. I mean, it's yeah, my body <laughs> uh, Let's see. Coop takes home the bench champ award. This is unfortunate because he would have won if he had made some strategic changes to his lineup. 40.5 points sitting on, on the pine. Um, it's the lowest total for any ban- bench champ this season. That's actually kind of surprising. Um, so it looks like a lot of us have made the same type of mistake that Coop has made. Uh, but Coop is tied for fourth most bench champ awards all time. And he's only played half the amount of seasons as all of us. Coop. Get yeah, it together, wow. buddy. Maybe stop listening to us. Cause we sometimes give you advice. <laughs> That's what I'll say. I guess the next thing for me is I earned my sixth dud award. Second all time. Thanks to the performance of the Cardinals D minus two. Uh, I, I mean, my excuse for this is I'm hold- <laughs> I was surprised. I was surprised. Yeah, that I'm also one. holding on to him for this week. I wasn't going to change that. Um, so we'll see what they do against the Jets. But I mean, <laughs> defense is always hard for me. I, I know you, Price. You spent some good money on the waiver wire with a great pick with the Colts a couple weeks back. Um, but it's just, it's just tough for me. You see people holding on to the Steelers D like Bo, um, which is a good play. They're pretty stout, like you said earlier, but, uh, but yeah, that's always a tough call. Um, yeah, playing this, this I, game is always tough. I, I have a hard time giving it a really chance. Is. It's about to play the, the most losing offense and then take a chance on the waiver wire the next week. Like with a defense, I usually just ride it if I'm looking at that type of scenario. But they got a tough schedule coming up, so I'll probably have to make a move. Um, so Tyler, you won price. Sorry, you won your first ever. You got to help me with the acronym here, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, because I was supposed, I was supposed to win. What the that acronym? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just hate typing out the Go whole damn it. thing every it? time. Honestly, I hate that moment. <laughs> it takes forever to, to what do. Is it? Too. So it just takes your projected score and then, you know, minuses it from your actual score. So it's whoever, ha- whoever has the, oh, yeah, the okay. biggest differential um, between projected and, and um, actual score. It works best when you've got somebody who goes off with like a guy or two on Thursday night football. Um, like three years ago, Max would probably remember. Uh, I had Todd Gurley and Sammy Watkins who put up like 75 points yep. in Thursday night football. 
and then he still came back to end up be- beating me. So I- I'm actually surprised I didn't win it that that year. Actually, I don't even think we were doing <laughs> weekly awards yet back then. Um, but yeah, so so this award can sometimes need context because it doesn't actually like tell the story I want it to. But so you still haven't answered the question. What I think case. What I was supposed to win. There you go. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure Casey probably deserves that <laughs> award more this year. So, uh, yeah. Go ahead. But we'll get to that That's later. Good. So you're now only leaving two two GMs left out running this award in Seavers and Garrett. Um, so with this week, Max's victory, he improves to his season long winning streak four games. Pretty obvious. He's four and zero. On the other end, Greg extends his season-long losing streak to four games. Obviously, opposite ends of the spectrum here. <laughs> uh, but we'll just see how the rest of the season pans out. I mean, we talked about some improvements Mac, Max can make. Greg has some players coming back. Uh, he's done an okay job of, you know, dealing with what the cards are that he's been dealt. So we'll see what ends up happening for Greg. Um, but Bo officially owns a beatdown of Seavers. Uh, Bo, if you ever uh, are a guest star on the podcast here, I guess we'll let you yell out a little beatdown of Seavers. Um, but then Kendrick also owns a beatdown of Casey. So, Kendrick, we can toss it over to you to have a little announcement or a little shit talking to Casey if you want to do that. <laughs> Motherfucking beatdown. Especially last week. I mean, how pissed are you? You have your best player get zero and all you had to do is put up this a shitty week of your shitty floor of a week from your quarterback and your wide your best wide receiver and they did nothing for it. I was literally shitting my pants in my living room like there's no way I'm gonna win. Yet I did. So I don't know what fantasy god you pissed off this week, but you might want to go get on your knees and pray. Because that was awful. And now it's a beatdown, rightfully so. So Awesome stats. Um, love the weekly awards. Wanted to quickly recap the bets from last week. Uh, I think what we learned, I had uh, Tampa ended up being uh, yep. a push. Uh, you had over 42 and a half, I, had, I mm-hmm. Yeah, which I did get. Uh, held that one. Yeah, Garrett, had, what, Cincinnati plus two and a half. That was good. I, I was riding with him also. Yep. That was a good one. You had uh, Arizona uh, minus what three. What was the other one? I, um, frankly, I had that too. Um, yeah. Yeah, I did. Did you? I was riding like a great well. It, it did, but. Um, I think I even teased it, it to two and a half, to be honest. <laughs> uh, didn't matter. <laughs> Uh, Atlanta Green Bay over that didn't that happen. was surprising, um, though. That was uh, that was bad. That was like a 44 yeah. 46. No one could have guessed that, it. though. Uh, I mean, the way that Atlanta just put putting up points, and same with no. Green Bay. I just, yeah, it was supposed to be a shootout, but, it didn't make any sense. Um, so my good. wife is perfect, obviously. And she's also perfect with uh, football. So she yeah. nailed both of hers, Minnesota and Indy. 
Uh, so <laughs> really pay attention to what she's got coming up. And then, of course, my stepbrother nailed the Seattle, uh, which it sounds like someone in the league, at least yeah, one other person that, that was won a on that. Uh, <laughs> I'll give a, I'll give yeah, a shout-out to Garrett. Was, uh, he had Cleveland plus three over Dallas. So, that ended up being a good pick. That's the other one you didn't mention, so that was a good one. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, that was the one I, I, uh, I missed there. Uh, so – before we get to this week's, uh, I want to let you know. So Garrett went uh, four for six betting on our matchups this week, and I went three for six. Although, <laughs> to be fair, I didn't pick myself, which I normally would. I always think that if I pick myself, I'm gonna lose. So uh, let's get to our bets this week. How about I'll go, you go, and then I'll have my wife. Sounds good. And Price, I guess if you want to throw in one, you can. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know if you grabbed any, but I'm a um, gambling expert over here. But I can take a quick look at the lines. All right, so I'll start. I got Dolphins getting plus eight at the Niners. I think uh, depleted Niner team. The Dolphins are a real uh, a decent enough offense that I think they're going to keep it close. And plus eight, it's hard to not take that. Now, if Jimmy comes back, I'll have to see what the line goes to or the spread is, but I, I like that. I mean, if it goes up to, like, you know, plus nine with Jimmy, I probably will not go with it. Uh, but right now, they're going with their third stringer. So, I'm going Dolphins all day. Um, I got Jags and Texans. The over-under is 54 and a half. I'm taking the under all day. You got the Jags just aren't playing great. Um the uh, the offensive line is not performing very well right now in passing attempts. Uh, and you got the Texans who just lost their quarter, uh, their coach. So I'm taking the under 54 and a half. Uh, and then you got Bengals against – why can't I read my hand around? The Ravens. The Ravens plus 13 and a half. I'm taking the Bengals. That spread is too much. Uh, in-division rival. Uh, I just – the way that the Bengals have been playing. Uh, and I think I saw a stat. The Ravens are uh, like three and 15 at home against the spread. So – I'll take the Bengals all day on that one. I don't hate it. What are your thoughts, Brian? Joe B is warming up. Um, I at least hope so. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I don't necessarily <laughs> hate it at all. The, the interdivision stuff always gets me, obviously, being a Pats fan, just like you, Kendrick, right? Like, we always feel that with the Dolphins. We feel that mm-hmm. with the Bills. Don't really feel it so much with the Jets, but <laughs> – but, but, yeah, I, I feel like that matchup could be pretty close um, given how Joe B is feeling some um, some chemistry with his wide receivers as a – not A.J. Green, but <laughs> – but, yeah, I feel like it could be close. 13 points is a lot to cover <laughs> no. in, in the NFL. Um, it is. 
so I agree on that. I mean, same thing. I, I guess. All right, what to, do you got? To your points, I agree with the under on the Jags game. I mean, you don't see the Packers in Atlanta go over that type of scoreline. It's tough to see, you know, Minshew and Deshaun Watson the way he's playing put up more points than that. But you can always be surprised. Um, I guess for the things that I'm looking at, I'm continuing to ride the Seahawks uh, and their spread. At least from what I'm looking at, I think they're minus seven right now uh, in their matchup against the Vikings. But I'm going to tease that to six and a half. I never like taking the seven. Um, you know, it's it's a touchdown, right? If you can buy it for a couple no. extra points, um, I'll take the the lower end of the winnings um, for a more guaranteed win. Um, same things. Same thing goes with the Steelers uh, exactly. over the Eagles. The Eagles have no options to throw the ball except for hopefully my boy, Greg Ward. <laughs> uh, and I think Big Ben's just slinging the ball, and I think they're going <laughs> to continue to roll a little bit. I mean, Pittsburgh un- is undefeated. So I'm, te- I'm teasing that also to minus six and a half. Those are two my, uh, my two picks for the week. Yeah, you got to ride with the Seahawks right now. They're yeah. just so hot, uh, especially with um... – the, the Vikings. I got one and, Let's hear it. So I was yeah. just looking at some of the lines. Um, you know, it might be slightly different from what you guys were looking yep. at because, you know, I was seeing a, a couple of like half point deviations off of what you guys were saying. But um, the one I'm going with is, is got to be uh, Carolina plus one and a half. Um, <laughs> I actually like that more in this game to win. So <laughs> that's funny because that's what and, and Christina Those, those are locks. yeah all right so note to everyone in the league if you're going to make a bet this week it's going to be the panthers on the plus because kendrick's wife is a lock on her picks and that's also so (laughs) she's just dominating uh i don't know how she does it and then she's got the browns plus one and a half against the colts so you want to make some uh, guaranteed money? Go put your uh, mortgage I on that. I was surprised to see the Colts <laughs> with the uh, with being favored in this game. To be honest, yeah, I mean that. I, I don't know. The Browns can always be so up and down, and they just lost Chubb. So I think maybe Vegas is waiting to see what they're going to be without him. Uh, but I mean, the Colts have been pretty solid. Just not great. I don't know. That game could go in either way, but I'm not going to bet against my wife because she knows everything. Uh, and that's not a joke. That's a <laughs> legit. She just nails it every week. Uh, so, sweet. So, let's get back into uh, the matchups. Uh, unsolicited Dak picks and cooped up with Mahomes. Seven and one against Seavers. Let's see. Yeah, isn't everyone seven to one against Sabres? Well, if you want to know the <laughs> official stats, I mean, Sievers, that's his only uh, domination or dominating, <laughs> dominated, however you want to say it. Um, so there are some other good ones. Like I'm seven and three against Sievers. Brian is five and two. Kendrick, for all that smack you're talking, you have a fucking losing record against Sabres, so shut that down. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. 
Wow. Well, maybe it'll change this year. I don't know. You are literally the definition of Jeff Fisher. In your 98 career games, would you like to know what your record is? It's 49 and 49. So, less (laughs) average, dude. I can't help it. I need to have my wife draft my team. That's what I need to do. Um, damn. Well, he's he, uh, <laughs> ah, Jesus, you got me all flustered. Well, um, we, we can talk about oh, Bo, I guess. First. I didn't know. Um, with now Kareem Hunt, uh, obviously he reaped the benefits of me losing Chubb. So Price had a good pickup on the waiver wire. So we'll see if that pans out on early downs, but I think Kareem Hunt is pretty good. Uh, pretty good RB one right now. At least that's my opinion. Yeah, I was gonna ask. I was yeah, gonna I was ask a- if you guys are slotting him in kind of as a top twelve RB one moving forward, or you kind of have him on a fringe spot, wait and see how uh, the first game kind of plays out. He's a fringe for me. Um, I want to see how they how they play with him. I don't know if they want to risk having him get hurt too. Uh, so I, I wonder if he's going to be more expanded in what his role already is. Um, but who knows? He could end up being a solid top 10 running back and maybe I already tried. lost the trade for him. I, <laughs> I just, I mean, I phrase it as a, a, is a hard <laughs> no, but are you willing to trade anyone for Korean? So uh, yeah, I already tried. I, I I would do the same thing that he's doing, but I at least had to try, right, with with Hunt. Yeah, you got to try. Um, yeah, he's. I, I think he's he's going to be. If they play him to his full potential, he's a top ten running back. If they play it safe, he's still a top fifteen. So either way, he's in a good position there, especially with Dalvin Cook as your solid set it and forget right. it. Kendrick, I have a question for you. Um... Mm-hmm. You kind of alluded to this last week, and I kind of shrugged it off. Um, but I think it's it's pretty undeniable after the week he put up. Is um, Bo does Bo have the deepest roster of, of anybody in the league? I mean, his flex options are wide receiver one and solid high end wide receiver two. Uh, now he has potentially two RB ones. Uh, which, which I think leads us into his I don't know. point, which would be: Can Naheem Hines make do as his running as his RB three? No, no. I think you, you got to find a way. I, I don't know if maybe you wait until you have a bye week that you need to fill that position, uh, but maybe try to sell the potential of Gallup and try to get someone a little better. Uh, you know, I like Crowder. I, I think he's going to continue to be the only one to get the ball in New York. He's just a solid floor flex guy. Uh, Chenault looks like the real deal in Jacksonville. Uh, you know, Debo is a solid player. I don't know if I play him every week, but you got to you got you to spread it out and maybe try to go get someone else. I don't know. What are your thoughts on maybe trading Kareem Hunt for a solid RB2 and wide receiver 2 I or 3? First, I think he sits on what he has to be honest. I mean, he he got a steal with 
He got a steal with Debo Samuel also. I mean, if Garoppolo comes back, at least last season, you saw he loved Debo. I mean, he's got Chanel. Like, that's a great pickup right behind DJ Shark in, in Jacksonville. Uh, Crowder is a, a great option in, in New York. I mean, he's got he's got a lot of options. And he's got two really solid wide receivers in Allen Robinson and Cooper Cup. So you can slot those into the wide receiver spots. Uh, and then you're just playing with your flexes. And you have so much flexibility with the rest of the guys. So I think with if Nick Chubb didn't get hurt, then you start to think about some of those options. Like, do you trade for another running back? Um, or do you trade for a more elite wide receiver? But now that Hunt's kind of got that role in the backfield is at least, you know, the third down back, but probably having some more carries outside of that and more of a go-to type guy. I mean, he was producing even before Chubb uh, got hurt. I, I think you kind of sit on the roster. I think he's looking pretty good. He's got the Steelers D too. So, I mean, at least that's my thoughts. I think Price, you had something you maybe want to say about it as well. Yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty much like in 100% agree agreement with you. Um, like Hunt, he just kind of got handed to him, you know, gift wrapped in a basket. Um, and I really think, rather than try and take advantage of, you know, make making by making trades, I think just take advantage of these, you know, next four, six, seven, mm-hmm. eight weeks, whatever it's going to be, and just just ride it while it's hot, you know. Um, He's three and one. He's he's got sole possession of second place with a game lead over about like seven or eight of us. So he's got you know a little bit of flexibility that he can go there. And like we talked about, his roster is so you know kind of even out. Like there, there's just so much talent. I think that you could make a case that anybody on his roster is startable. And I don't think you can say that about many other teams, if any, to be honest. Yeah, no, that's – I completely agree. And uh, you got to be feeling good if you're him right now. Uh, one more thing, Chanel definitely looks like a uh, mm-hmm. the second keeper. And it's going to be a great, great snag if he continues to uh, grow with Minshew, if that's the direction they're going to go. Uh, hopping over to Seavers right now, do you keep Ingram? I mean, what – is it time to move on, maybe? Johnny Smith, when active, seems like the guy. So, do you keep two tight ends here? I mean, right Brian, now you can't you drop him because you don't know what's going to happen with Tennessee. At least that's my thought. Because um, you don't know if they're going to play this week. He's got to keep him through this week. Uh, my girlfriend went to Ole Miss, so I'm a big Ole Miss guy. So, I love Evan Ingram. I think he has a chance to break out. Um, when they're healthy, the Giants have a really good receiving core. I mean, including the tight end in that category, but um, I, th- that's really a tough call for me. It's it's hit or miss. And if I'm getting emotional about it, just because I love Evan Ingram, I loved him coming out of college into the NFL, and he, you know, he's had some really big weeks. He's had a decent year. Um, I hold on to him, but it's more of an emotional play than a strategic play for me. All right, I can respect that. Um... Another thing with his roster, it just seems like he's he's average everywhere. Obviously, not at the quarterback spot, uh, but it just seems like he. I don't know. He's just a good floor guys throughout, mm-hmm. and he didn't really take too many chances on anyone else. Uh, 
you you can't expect Cooper to drop 33 and Evans to drop 25. But also, is Brandon Cooks going to put zero on on the board every week? Uh, at some point, maybe try to make a trade for someone with a high ceiling to get you those wins that can win you a week and just risk, uh, you know, potentially losing a week uh, just to kind of separate yourself from the middle of the pack. Uh, I just don't know. Uh, you know, especially can you trust Antonio Gibson every week too? I mean, is he going to put up RB1, uh, high-end RB2? I guess you don't really need it though. If you have Miles Sanders, I mean, he didn't have a great week last week, but he has been really solid. It just doesn't, I, I don't know. Well, Price, what do you think? I think like any other year, Seaver's roster construction makes absolutely <laughs> no sense, but somehow he still manages <laughs> to get a couple wins out of it. Um Honestly, it's kind of hard to look at this roster and, and say that they're two and two, but somehow they are. Um, yeah, I, I agree with what Brian was saying about John o. Smith with the uncertainty of Tennessee moving forward, as nice as it would be to, to kind of have him and then be able to, to wait on the Evan Ingram. You, you just don't really have a choice. You have to wait on Evan Ingram, you know? Um, and then, you know, like you said, Brandon Cooks with that volatility isn't really what you're looking to see. And then he, he decides to pick up Rex Burkhead after Rex Burkhead is, you know, squeezed out all of his uh, potential, basically. So I have a lot of question marks with this roster moving forward. Um, obviously, uh, highlighted by kind of the running backs with still seem to have a lot of question marks with Moster and Gibson and Sanders. None of those guys are guys that I feel like 100 percent confident in starting. Um, but really at the end of the day, he's going to continue to have Patrick Mahomes. Who's going to keep him in basically most of his matchups. I'm not going to lie. I did uh, laugh when he drafted Sanders in seventh overall, but I mean, it's just a solid floor guy. That's I, a pretty I mean, bad pick. That's it's a not bad the pick. worst pick. I mean, I, I can't it, say much because I Barkley, but that's. It, yeah, I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> This year is so ridiculous. Hey, uh, this. I just seemed way too early for that. But... Yep. But, I mean, again, he's two and two. So, we can't talk too much shit. Although, Bo does improve his record to 7 1 against Seaver. So, it is a beat down. So, beat down. Um, all right, moving on. Yeah, OJ. Shit against the lovely GCC human being. Like an asshole thing this week. Uh, this week was a beatdown. God damn. <laughs> Just absolute smoked you. Uh, you still have the overall record, though. Garrett's only two and four um, against you. But I mean, talk about. Garrett's team and how he just bent you over a railing this week. I mean, it it kind of started out with OBJ getting, you know, fired out of a cannon right away with those scores and then kind of just adding it on top with with the rushing touchdown at the end. It, it just felt like I, I really couldn't catch a break and everybody on his roster was, was getting touches. You know, Ronald Jones didn't have to compete with Leonard Fournette. You know, and then you look at his bench, he had Todd Gurley go off for 19 points. He had Tom Brady go off for 40 points. Like, you look around, and, I mean, sure, DJ Moore only put up, you know, 8.9, and, and Gronk only put up 3.9. But 
But when you, you know, look at he the didn't. other side of, of what I put up, it's, it's kind of pales in comparison. So really, I think this was kind of the first week that we've seen the full potential of Garrett's team. And he kind of showed us that, you know, he is no slouch regardless of what his overall career record is in SDT history. He's got a team this year that can compete. How how crazy is it though? Yeah, no, he came to play this Aaron week. Aaron Rodgers uh, on the same person's roster. Like when... <laughs> right? I know, right? <laughs> and you have Aaron Rodgers put up thirty seven and a half and you picked the wrong quarterback. <laughs> yep. I it's mean like it's twenty fourteen. It, it is. I do. I mean, you don't. He doesn't even need to. But you, you have so many quarterbacks. Do you try to sell high right now? Again, he doesn't even need to. Maybe for a solid would, tight end. I would say most people league. in the league have a pretty solid quarterback. Besides, maybe you, Kendrick. But <laughs> did I say quarterback? Yeah, I meant running back. Running back. I'm running back. No, still, I, I need a I'm trade. For a <laughs> yeah. Running back. I mean, he's got. I'm still shooting myself name. from a trade that Garrett proposed to me. I think I talked about this earlier. I think it was Alvin Kamara and DK Metcalf for um, Stefan Diggs and uh, Saquon Barkley. At the time, I was I was trying to get DK Metcalf. Um, so wow. I, I proposed an initial trade. I think it was just straight up Stefan Diggs for DK Metcalf at the time, which I mean, even in the end, it probably would have worked out even for us because they're both doing really well. They're both leading the league in receiving yards at like 403, I think. Um, but obviously I'm kicking myself because I would have rather had Kamara as opposed to Barkley, but like hindsight's 2020, like you, you just, yeah, yeah. I I was just I, I yeah, just think that, this is too even, trend. you know, it's just it just makes no sense. Like I'd rather just have the players that I drafted. Because we dra- I drafted Barkley right before he drafted Kamara, and then I also drafted Diggs right before he drafted Metcalf. So it was just kind of an even trade to make much sense at the time. But obviously now I wish I was on the other end of that. So Garrett, kudos to you for uh, me declining the trade. If I were to reach out, if I were you, I'd reach out for one of these running backs. I mean, he has Ronald Jones, Todd Gurley, I think the Fortnite, only person I'd be interested Damian in there, Harris. so Garrett, let me know I if mean, you want to talk about it, is Devin Singletary. I really like him. I had him last year. I drafted him relatively late. If we had the second keeper, I probably would have kept him. I think it might have qualified. Um, but Garrett, let me know. Who would you trade we'll keep for? This offline. Or who would you trade for uh, Singletary? <laughs> all right, all right. Out of these three how many wide outs, would I give up give for Singletary? Up? Or don't, how many would you give up? No, no, no. Like how many? Because uh, I don't want you to say exact names if you're going to keep it off. But would you give up one, two, or th- all three? Uh, I mean, I'd be open to one of them. I mean, I feel like those are. How many of those are on? Not, not. 
probably need to trade two of them. I'm well, saying like, like if I had to rank, like you're going uh, back to my rankings. Too hard one, to count. Two, three, like uh, ranking of one, two, three. Would I give up my number one, two, or number three? Basically, yeah. I, what I was saying, I guess, is I'd be open to any of the three. I think they're all number one yeah. wideouts, and I'm short at running back. So this message goes out to the rest of the league. I'll take my little plug here. <laughs> uh, if you want one of those wide receivers and you have a decent running back to right. for it, I will be open to it. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. You can listen to him. Uh, send out those offers. So, Price, what happened? What was that? What happened? Um, you know, uh, yeah. a lot of not-so-great performances. Basically, it was a, a floor <laughs> for everybody involved on my roster. Um, trying not to read too much into it. It was kind of a trap game for me after, you know, losing James Conner, obviously, and then the potential of maybe losing Tyree Kill midweek, too. Um, not too much to, to, you know, talk about on my team. A little bit concerned about Jonathan Taylor. I hope his efficiency can pick back up. Jeff Wilson Jr. has already been dropped off, off of the roster. I'm hoping Dearness Johnson can get a little bit of play there in Cleveland, become my, my uh, running back three. But, um, you know, obviously I'm forced to start Kasicki this week with um, TJ Hawkinson on bye. It's not the greatest matchup playing San Francisco, but I'm not ready to give up on him on him just yet. You know, Miami's going to be throwing the ball around a lot. So, you know, really there isn't too much to, to say about my team besides the fact that with the exception of Lamar, everybody for the most part hit their floor. I mean, Keenan Allen and Tyler Boyd are going to be steady presences throughout my lineup and always – give me that double digit production for the most part. So just try to, you know, take the L and move on. Are you, uh, are you open to trading Keenan Allen? Are you confident over there? Am I confident in Keenan Allen? Yes, because I think that all of this, I'm going back to Tarod Taylor is coach speak from Anthony Lynn. He probably feels bad and he knows it's the organization's fault, but at the end of the day, you don't, start your number six overall draft pick from the season before and then go back to the veteran that was the stopgap quarterback. Like unless Anthony Lynn is trying to lose his job, which based on the last three years, maybe that's the case, but I'm not really concerned about the the potential change in quarterback. And I think that Keenan Allen is going to continue to be funneled with targets. And I would argue that Eckler going down the biggest beneficiary is probably Keenan Allen. Yeah, no, talk, I completely agree on that. Starting, starting two times. Uh, so, thanks for bringing that up. I mean, anytime you see that <laughs> in a lineup, unless it's like, you know, Ertz and Kelsey yeah. or something like that, it's tough to see two tight ends. But you do, you, it, yeah. I mean, it's, I it's, mean, it's not ideal. You couldn't have guessed that with Gisecki, right? No. But, uh, I mean, you didn't. You didn't really. Yeah, you didn't even really have any other like that's a, a better great options. Matchup, so I don't too. blame you for doing that. Uh, and it's not like – I mean, it's not like you would have gotten the win if you slotted in someone else, unfortunately. Right? Yeah. yeah you had no one else on your bench that put up I double digits. Granted that Gusecki only put up 2.5, <laughs> but still, right? You're you're asking for five more points. So I, I don't blame you for the play. Tough. Well – I'm sure you'll bounce back this week. Um, you're still two and two, so you're still in the mix. Uh, well, and you still have two solid I'm, running backs, which a lot of people. Yeah, and, and I would like to add that I've never had a losing streak longer <laughs> than three games, two? so I'm not too worried. 
Are you at two? Wow. Well, yeah. Huh? Just one. Okay. So you're not at risk. No, no, just one. <laughs> <laughs> well. Stop with the logic, Brian. <laughs> I'm just trying to flex, man. Uh, all right, let's move on to the last matchup of the week. Uh, hot brown rain against the fucking lizard king. Uh, Price, I'll let you take over on this one. Ooh, really? You want me to talk shit about your team? <laughs> I mean, what? Yeah, where do I do begin, it. really? It's going to happen anyway, right, well, right? I mean, let's just get the elephant out of the room. We've already talked about him enough. Austin Eckler, I mean, going down, that, that severely hinders your, your chances moving forward. I mean, obviously you're in a tough spot, but if there was anybody that was built for this, so to speak, I mean, being able to slot David Montgomery in as, you know, your status quo RB2 moving forward, I think that that's, you know, a luxury that not everybody has. And then the fact that you paid up for Justin Jackson, you now are able to at least reap some of the benefits of, of the hole that's that, that's left by Austin Eckler. Um, so, you know, we've, we've kind of harped on that a lot and we'll touch on Justin Jackson here shortly, but I, I do think that we talked about, um, you know, Brian mentioned DeAndre Swift and not really wanting any of the Detroit running backs, which, which I definitely can agree with, especially coming from one that's got Adrian Peterson, you know, the bionic man, but picking up DeAndre Swift here, the way that your roster was playing out, I don't think is the worst thing in the world. I know that Brian just gave up on him, and I'm I'm curious if Brian has any I second do. thoughts about did he maybe give up too but early? But I I mean I can't I yeah I mean I I can I can regret it all I want, but I made the move knowing that I had Robinson and Chubb in my lineup, and then Chubb goes down, right? So uh, it is what it is, but yeah. I mean you don't know what's going to happen. So just having a three-headed monster in the in the running back core, Detroit with Matt Patricia is playing just out how New England is playing out how New England plays out with Burkhead and Damian Harris and JJ Taylor and you know Sonny Michelle's on IR, but it's just the same type of backfield. You'll have backs that have really good weeks, but you can't bank uh, bank on them on a week to week week to week basis. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then kind of the last couple things to touch on with, with the fucking Lizard Kings. Um, first, um, are you going for another mustache ride? We, we're sticking with Gardner here. I mean, we've already talked on this pod about a number of quarterbacks that could be on, you know, on, on the block. So I have to wonder, is Gardner your guy moving forward? I think uh, right now, he is until someone – I mean, I'm pretty wide receiver heavy right now. Uh, if someone's interested and they have a solid top five, top seven quarterback who I can set and forget, I would consider it. Uh, so if those offers want to come in, I'll definitely read them and take a look. Uh, but for now, I just – I feel comfortable with my wide receivers – and I think we'll see what this week shows without Eckler. 
And if maybe I need to make a move to get a little more points every week for my quarterback spot. Yeah, I'm excited to see how the uh, wide receivers on your team shake out this year. Obviously, Deontay Johnson dealing with a slight toe issue, but seems to be on his way, fully prepared to practice or to, to play. And then it'll be interesting to see how Terry McLaurin's outlook changes with Kyle, Kyle Allen under center. You know, we obviously saw him in Carolina last year. He was not the answer. Um, so definitely a lot of question marks and, and, this week will be very telling for us about the fucking Lizard Kings. But um, on to, you know, hot brown rain with Casey. I mean, damn, dude. The goose egg. We already talked about it. But shit, man. If he just gives you 10 points, like 10 points. We're talking about the number three. He's still the number three ranked wide receiver after the dud. So kind of unimaginable that that happened to him. It's crazy. It's unbelievably crazy. I, I couldn't like I I played a DraftKings heavy on Matty Ice, uh, Clyde Edwards, Clyde Edwards Alaire, uh, Elaire, and Calvin Ridley just so that if I lost, at least I'd win some money. And I couldn't get over it every time uh, Matty Ice would pass the ball. I, in in the back of my head too, I'm like, all it takes is one touchdown, one touchdown, and I lose. And it just never came. It blows my mind that that would happen on Monday night football. So the nice thing is, you know, it's not going to happen again. So I don't know if they were just playing, you know, really heavy D on him. uh, But Matty Ash just didn't look his way. I think he had four targets to one of the best wide receivers in the game. It just blows my mind. Really weird game. Um, but then, you know, we have Casey. We talked about Philip Lindsay coming back. I think that's going to be a huge pickup for him. Pick me up for his roster, you know, and immediately going to be kind of his RB3. It's definitely going to eat into the production of Melvin Gordon the third, like we talked about earlier, just how much. I mean, Philip Lindsay's been a thousand yard uh, runner in back to back seasons. He clearly has a, a little bit more pop and explosiveness, I think. So I think he's going to immediately play dividends pay dividends for for Casey and be somebody that he can start right away but you know kind of the last thing that we we it's just become a weekly addition of let's shit on T.Y. Hilton because holy shit uh startable no droppable maybe I I would I mean you're not going to trade for him I mean who's going to trade for T.Y. Hilton right now I, I wouldn't <laughs> Maybe if I had someone, I was going to drop. I'd rather anyway. have Russell Gage then, and like other waiver wire pickups that I picked up than Ty Hilton. Like, no, thank you. Yeah, I just I don't I don't like it at all, and I don't understand it. That's the, the weirdest part about it is that you don't want to believe that it's real. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. Do we wanna... I was going to say, do we want to move on to the waiver wire? So, what was that? All right. Yeah, let's crush that. I was just going to say, just a couple things on the waiver wire. Um, yeah. uh, Rush doled out some heavy cash for a tight end this week. Um, I understand it with Higby, but that was a hefty price to pay. I only bid $25 underneath that. So we'll see how that pans out. Seems like a good target in Green Bay. Um, but $87, I mean, I'm not good at quick math, but it's like 30% of your overall budget. So We'll see if that pans out, right? Um, yeah, we got Justin Jackson, second highest, uh, 71 by Kendrick. Kendrick, 
Kendrick, you want to explain yourself in like 30 seconds or less? <laughs> well, the way that the waiver wire's been going, I figured I wouldn't even it. So I'm perfectly fine with it, especially because it's the backup to my, uh, my running back. So I, I'm comfortable with it. Um, I haven't really spent too much this week so or this season. So, you know, it, this is what I saved my money for. It makes sense the way running backs backup. are in the league. So I'm right good now. with it. So <laughs> we'll see. Wait, Casey, I, I don't hate this bid on T. Higgins. Yeah. Um, I bid on T. Higgins. I didn't check the rest of the league with the bid. It seems a little bit pricey, but he seems like a favorite of, of Joe B. So what are y'all's thoughts quickly? I love I, 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 I love Higgins. Right I've watched enough of this Bengals. I had Joe Mixon last year, Tyler Boyd. Obviously, I had Tyler Boyd this year. Like I mentioned earlier in the pod, I think T. Higgins is the number two there. And more importantly, he's, you know, a big guy like A.J. Green presents that red zone threat. And so the touchdown uh, opportunity is there. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I actually thought about I, I wanted to put money on him this week. I just didn't have anyone to drop. Uh, I so agree. Um, a great pickup. Quick there. recap: I like it a lot. Justin Jackson, uh, most sought after free agent this week. Four GMs placing a bid on his services. So um, I, we'll see how it pans out for you, Kendrick. But I, I understand. I know. <laughs> I understand with the running back scenario. Um, I guess next on receivers, he placed a thirty dollars bid on David Moore. <laughs> Uh, I guess I'd have to go back and refresh my memory on his wide receiver core, but seems like a pricey uh, bid on David Moore when he could have bid a little bit more for T. Higgins. I like that much better, but didn't have much competition, so probably could have just picked him picked him up on the waiver wire. Uh, sorry, after the waiver wire is over into free agency. So, Severs, we'll see how that pans out for you. Price, I uh, I'll have to admit. I kind of just let this one go. It wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I, I think that's a great pickup. I'm really surprised. No, I mean, yeah, you're, I know what you're going to say, Kendrick, everyone oh. else let him go too. I think that's a, a freaking <laughs> steal. Um, you know, you could have put $3 on him and you would have got him. Um, but I guess it really doesn't matter how much you put on him. I think he's going to be a great, uh, and he has the potential to be a first through third down running back. Right. And that offense is built to run. So you probably lucked out there. That's just my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I definitely so, think I got lucky. I mean, Kevin Stefanski coming from Minnesota, you know what he likes to do. He likes to run the ball. And Kareem Hunt was highly efficient in that second role. Now, I'm not going to say Darren Johnson is going to get as many touches as Kareem Hunt, but – I don't see why he can't at least be a flex-worthy consideration week in and week out. So I'll throw in my two cents and why I didn't throw a bit on him. I actually like him more than Justin Jackson. I just uh, – I figured the price was going to be too high. I thought everyone was going to bid on him because Kareem Hunt is someone you can throw in the, in the, flat, uh, in the slot uh, as well. So you're going to still need that running back. And I'm pissed because I really thought at least six guys were going to go after him. And, of course, you sneak out of there, the only guy. I don't mind. So, <laughs> so 
let's hop into a quick preview of the matchups next week. And then later this week, we'll give you an in-depth look at it. Uh, we got the GCC human beings against unsolicited DAC picks. Uh, Price, you got a 5-4 on him right now. Let's see if he can match it up and uh, get a 5-5 five, five record against you. Uh, Kittler on the roof. I explained this earlier, and you still Ju- pronounce it Judge Judy. <laughs> Judge Judy. Tied 1-1. Oh, it's Judge. It's Judge. 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 He's changed that to uh, We'll see. <laughs> we'll see if you can take uh, take the two one lead on him. Uh, you got Dirty Mike and the boys against Easy Drake Oven. Greg's dominating, well, not dominating yet, but close to it, five to two. Uh, cooped up with Mahomes against Satanic Rituals. Uh, Sievers actually has the edge at five to three. Uh, I'm going off against token white guys. Max has me six to four. I'm going to try to be the, what is it? The slayer, the king, king slayer. slayer, the king slayer. So I have a chance to do that. Uh, wish me luck boys. And then we got OBJ wants more shit against hot Brown rain. Casey's got that three to two. So we'll see if Garrett can even that out. Uh, great week. Great podcast, boys. Sounds great. Uh, Brian, love to have you on later this week when we do the preview episode if you're down. Yeah, thanks again for having me. It was was, uh, especially fun to get another guy in here, another opinion. Um, Sounds good. Happy to do the the preview with you, and I hope you uh, come back again. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, I'll. End it here. Now, one more thing. There is a little surprise something at the end of every episode in case people <laughs> shut it off too early. So make sure you uh, yeah. let, it, let it ride for a Adios. little bit. All right. Have-